We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest in Kansas City soccer coverage from KCSN, featuring no other pod with Jimmy Mack and Daniel Kuser. Currently with Daniel Kuser and Chris Wright and Soccer Talks with Ali Trost-Martin. KC Sports Network is your new go-to for Kansas City soccer coverage. Make sure to hit that follow button so you don't miss anything. And now, let's get to it. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of yeah. No Other Pod. It's another hashtag victory pod this week. That's as, right. Kustradamus uh, got his prediction right again last week. Damn, the optimist has reared his head once again. But uh, how you doing, my friend? He's Bro. Dan. I'm Jimmy. If we could take a minute and say how you said, I think sporting needs to win in convincing fashion. And I said, I think they will win in convincing fashion. What the hell? What kind of weekend was that? What a beautiful day (laughs) at Children's Mercy Park. Sun was blanketing the whole place. Mm -hmm. Uh, People came out, dude. People came out. That time, that uh, that Sunday afternoon, holiday weekend, game time. People were like, I got to get outside, but I don't want to do too much. So why not go to a soccer game? It was packed, bro. It was Gorgeous. awesome to see all the people there. I know that you and I have, you know, pretty good things to say about the Apple deal so far. And it's, you know, the presentation and everything's been nice. But one of the things uh-huh. that people have been critical of with this new Apple TV schedule is almost every single game, except for a couple here and there, are Saturday night, 730. Saturday mm-hmm. night, 730 local time. And so it, it makes it hard to watch other games outside of your club for one, mm. unless you're watching MLS 360, but then you're just going to get Kaylin Kyle interviewing somebody random while there's games going on. And <laughs> uh, the other thing is you don't get as many of these afternoon or Sunday afternoon games, unless they're a national TV game. And I think they're maybe going to change that next year a little bit to give people a little bit more flexibility. Uh, Cause I've talked to some people who are like Saturday nights simply don't ever work for me. And before I used to make it to, you know, eight to 10 games a year. And now I make it to maybe two or three. So Saturday, uh, Sunday afternoon, gorgeous time to watch a soccer game. So Saturday nights do not work for some people. I I do tell you, uh, my Saturday nights, I was kind of looking out, trying to like uh, schedule something. Uh, I have a buddy who does, uh, who does drag shows in town. And I was like, Oh, I need to get out there Mm -hmm. and go. And sure. I do not have a free non-soccer Saturday night right. until like first, second week of August, something yeah. like that. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm throwing in Casey Current and Sporting. Like it's right. it's either a home game or I'd rather be at home watching on TV. Right. It's wild. It's tough. 
Yeah, yeah I I uh, I wasn't able to be at this Portland game because I was out of town with family for the weekend in a place where did not really have service. So occasionally I would get just enough service to load the score on Google, and that was about <laughs> all I all I knew. So but you got text. You you texted just fine. I, I got texts um often on off and on. You oh, really? started texting me, and I happened to be in a place where I got service, and I hadn't oh. checked the score again because last I had looked, it was one one, and I was like, well, okay. It's better than one zero. Yeah. Um, and I, I had seen that uh, Bowley had scored in the eighth minute and then Tommy had scored in the 33rd. At that point, I, I didn't know in sort of what fashion. And I was like, OK, well, at least they responded. And then I didn't know anything until you text me, I don't know, an hour or so later. And it was something like, told you so. And I was like, <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. What happened? And then Ooh. I was able to load it and I saw four one. And I was like, "Woo, OK, listen, I was nervous because the whole time I was there, I said, you know, I make I say some bold shit sometimes and I'm just yeah. like, eh, whatever, let's see what happens. <laughs> and I was I did not say that thinking that Johnny Russell and Remy Voltaire would not be in the starting lineup. Right. So when I saw that, I was like, oh boy, uh, I'm gonna walk this back. Yes. Seems like I shouldn't have walked it back because Daniel Shallowy makes team of the team of the match day. Uh Eric Tommy gets nominated for goal of the match day. Like, who is this team and can we have them every week? Well, I mean, it's a good question, and it's something that I want to definitely talk about uh, more in this episode as we go through the game. But first, before we jump into that game, uh, if you have not yet left us that five-star rating and, and review, we appreciate it. And we have a new one that we have. I think we actually got this technically like right around the time we recorded last week, but we, we weren't yeah. able to read it. So let's go ahead and read hey, that review. I'm telling you, man, Christopher0713 must have left this like right after we hit publish or some shit because... Uh, and first of all, I did go look to see if this was our buddy Chris, <laughs> because when I saw I saw zero seven one three, and I was like, Chris's birthday's in July, and so oh. <laughs> right, so I went and I was like, okay, it's not July thirteenth. Hmm? I was thinking hilarious. though, uh, dude, Christopher says five star pod and gives us five stars. He said y'all are freaking amazing and so funny. Daniel and Jimmy, you two bring sunshine to cloudy days of sporting KC fans. Just discovered the podcast this year, and I love it, and never miss an episode. Christopher, awesome. welcome. Dude, we've been on this. We've been, we've been on that bullshit for six years. <laughs> we've been on it for six years, and you just you just found us. And that's really cool that, that awesome. you know, more people come on to the, the soccer fandom, more people, uh, maybe some overlap with KCSN, people mm -hmm. thinking, yeah, I'll support soccer. It's pretty neat, man. So thanks, Chris. That is cool. Thank you so much. If you haven't left a five-star rating and review like Christopher did, go ahead and do so. Or uh, you can always shoot us an email, notherpod at gmail.com if you can't leave a review, if you're not using People Apple Podcasts. People so, email us. They do. We got another one this week that I'm going to read here in a little bit. So Nice. Um, let's, let's talk about this game. So as you mentioned, we're going into uh, this game thinking, okay, Portland, uh, let's avenge that loss. First game of the year loss. It was 1-0 on the road where I think objectively Sporting Kansas City played pretty well but they just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net, which had been a problem for much of the first 10 games of the year. And uh, you're thinking, okay, we'll see. We knew that Tim Melia at this point was going to be out three to four months with his injury. And it uh, seems like John Pulskamp is not the guy right now. Everyone's like, is he injured? Is he injured? Nah, man, he's on the bench. So he's, he's available. He's available. And for whatever reason, Kendall's the guy right now. So he's the guy. I don't and know. I see things sometimes where I'm like, okay. Go mm -hmm. off, Kendall Mack. He, Kendall, I love, I have, you know, I don't want, love hates a little strong 
term for this, but there's some moments where you're like, damn, Kendall's got like those quick cat like reflexes and you get there. And then there's other moments where you're like, it happened against St. Louis. Where you're like, ah, that you should have saved that. You just were a little late. You didn't quite see the ball well enough. So I, I think he's a he's not an MLS number one for me. He's he's a very solid backup goalkeeper, I think. And he can win you some games if you need him to step in for an injured keeper. I'm a little worried about having him step in for an injured keeper for three to four months. Yeah. And I do wonder if there's any kind of rotation. Um, if, if you guys are listening to this on Wednesday, by the way, we Jimmy was out of town. We had to get up at the crack of dawn and record this for you because we love you. Uh, so this is Wednesday here, nighttime game. Uh, I think maybe we see, maybe Pulse Camp gets in there. Maybe some rotation of guys. Uh, should have Remy Voltaire back. Maybe not Johnny Russell. I think he was getting scans yesterday. Yeah. So that's scary. Yeah. It sounds like based on uh, what what Daniel Sperry heard out at training, um, there was no update on Johnny Russell, but it seems highly unlikely he will play tonight, uh, even though he and Remy Voltaire are both listed as questionable on the injury report. Obviously, uh, the people who are still out are the long-term injuries of Melia, Pierre, Ford, and Agata. So, yeah, if you go into this game and you're thinking, okay, no Remy Voltaire, that one's a little bit more manageable because the midfield, as is maybe we're not accustomed to with Sporting Kansas City in the last few years, the midfield has some depth now so we can weather an injury to somebody like Remy Voltaire. Johnny Russell, that one would have made me a little bit more nervous because I like Marino's Johnny's. We just haven't seen a ton of him this year, and quite honestly, I kind of would have expected Peter to start Kyrie Shelton on the right side because that's sort of been his go-to. Bro, but, but Marinos is a, he's a quick little guy. He's he, fast. Uh, dude, he does some things and gets in some dangerous spots. He does. And, uh, man, if I don't like him, I I, I do. And I just – when Kyrie, Kyrie Shelton came on, by the way, mm-hmm. which, by the way, fuck all of you that booed him. <laughs> I, heard, I heard it. It was messed up, dude. There's a right. good chunk of people – booing this man and i don't think that's necessary right i don't know it's it's i mean it's not um because at this point when he's coming on in a game Kyrie's in a no-win situation because no matter what he does even if he comes on as a substitute when well let's see what time did he came on uh he came on in the, the 77th minute alan polito had played a full 77 minutes at this point it was already three to one that's the perfect spot for Kyrie Shelton. Time to get Allen off. Get Allen time. off. Don't injure him. Kyrie's a big guy. You don't need another goal at that moment. You need somebody who can be physical and maybe who can, uh, you know, prevent, you know, play a little bit more defense and, and prevent uh, Portland from scoring. If you have somebody like Kyrie Shelton on the roster, this is the exact spot you want him to come in. And, you know, I, I, I'm not... I'm not saying fans shouldn't have high expectations or or boo when their team is underperforming or whatnot, but I do think there is um, it's a little rough to have what almost seems like a personal vendetta against Kyrie from from a, a segment of the fan base that booing him the second he comes onto the field uh, that's probably not great for getting him turned around into better form. Right, so, you're not going to help him. I mean. Dude, there is a huge uh, disconnect in fan bases, by the way. Mm-hmm. There are two types of soccer fans, and they're sporting fans, and there's KC current fans. And I want you to know, both teams are not doing very well right now. I'm not sure if you've heard, but <laughs> sporting fans are like, burn it down, 
fuck you, fire everything. Casey yeah. Current is doing worse. They're yeah. literally, they posted online, nowhere to go but up. Well, no shit, because you're in the, the cellar. And <laughs> fans are just like, let's go, ladies. We're doing great. Yeah. And it, they're so positive. And I'm like trying to find this like, mm, I'm not positive over here. Right. I'm very, I'm very upset. But I'm kind of optimistic towards sporting right now. Like that's, I do both these podcasts. This one is now more fun because it's showing a little more promise. Yeah, it is an interesting juxtaposition. And I think part of it probably is sporting has been around longer. They've existed longer and they have that championship history a little bit more. Uh, so so more rage the, bros. Well, some of that probably. <laughs> uh, but also this has been happening for, you know, two, three years in a row of sort of underperforming expectations a little bit. Uh, current, you know, they they had a good season last year. Um, and, and they did fire their coach earlier this year. So they're, they're already sort of in that state of flux. Yeah. Um, you know, I have started to see some whispers of, okay, when, when do you move on from the interim manager if things don't go as well as they are, but, um, I'm sure you'll talk about that more with Chris on, on currently, but this team right now, sporting Kansas city, um, they're, they're interesting at least, um, you, you never really know what, team you're going to get and i'm fascinated to see not only the lineup that peter puts out tonight against dallas but what sort of mentality this team comes with because like you said you look at this lineup against portland um marino Janis on the right side he played fantastic um they give up the early goal it was what the eighth minute i think to uh to Bowley. and it it wasn't wasn't a great goal i mean this is kind of the, the type of goal we've seen sporting give up uh, throughout this year is and Denve just kind of loses his man in the box. Bully gets a little bit of a free shot from the penalty spot. Not much Kendall can do there. You go down one zero in the eighth minute. Like I said, I wasn't really there. I, I watched the game on replay. Couldn't really hear. I have to imagine the air kind of got sucked out of children's mercy park. Once sporting goes down early again, bro, Marissa and I, Marissa and I had date time. Chris, Chris didn't come with us that day. So it was just the two of us. And uh, we just kind of started chuckling to ourselves. We were just like, oh, no. Right. You know, you just kind of you kind of felt like, okay, if we were going to get scored on, I'm super glad it happened in the eighth minute and not the 88th minute, right? So I'm feeling optimistic, but I'm also kind of like, kind of like laughing about it. Like, of course, yeah. of course we get scored on first. It's kind of like a here we go again type deal. Were, were there- kind of. I couldn't really hear. Were there boos at all, or were people just more doing the like, ah, okay, this is what I expect now? Uh, not huge boos, not like burn it down, we're pissed off kind of situation. More of just uh, like, yeah, here we go, you know. Uh, yeah. But it it didn't matter, dude. We played really well. Everyone was super solid. Yeah. You know, you had a, uh, uh, you know, Graham Zusi ended up coming on mm -hmm. at halftime. For God's sakes, that mm -hmm. was weird, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I was surprised. I thought David Bingham was their number one goalkeeper. Is that, is he, he used to be? Yeah. I know he used to be, um, Ivicic, he was there. Um, I think he started the first game of this year. I don't quite remember, but he's, he's sort of taken over, uh, for them. But yeah, I mean, this, this is a team that desperately needed to have some sort of a response after that eighth minute goal. And, and like you said, sporting was playing pretty well. And then it until took Thanos came out a, a moment of brilliance 
from Eric Tommy in the 33rd minute. And and if you watch this play as it's happening, I'm watching the highlight right now. He takes yeah. it all the way down to the corner flag. The corner flag. Then comes all the way back up, passes by around two three, three Portland defenders. Yep. And then just is like, whatever, I'm gonna take it. And just I'm not left footed, but I'm gonna do it from my left foot. Exactly. That's what's even more crazy. This is not his preferred foot. And he just from deep outside the box, left foot on a laser rope into the top left corner. Nothing Ivacic can do. And uh that should honestly be goal of the match day, goal of the week, whatever. But uh that turned this game around. Oh, I stood up way too fast. I got lightheaded immediately. <laughs> uh, you, you ever do that? You stand up too fast? You go, oh, sweet Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> it was, and, and you're screaming, so your oxygen is leaving your body. And I'm like, I think I'm going to pass out. This is how this feels. Uh, dude, but he just cur- curls around three guys. Mm-hmm. boop a doop a doop And then just the velocity on it. The way it just, shoom, mm-hmm. Goalkeeper didn't have a chance. No. It was wild. Not at all. And, and this is, oh, I don't know four or five games in a row now, maybe where Eric Tommy has played more on the right side where, you know, he's still a central midfielder, but he tends to, to cheat more to the right side um, where early on in the season, he was playing so far to the left sometimes that he basically ended up as a left winger. So it started with that Seattle game and it's continued. And there is something that Peter Vermees has found tactically when you have Eric Tommy on the right side, especially then when Gotti Keen does in centrally and more on the left that, it opens up this offense in ways that we just didn't see through the first 10 games of the year. Oh man. It's just wild. He it's Thanos. Are we calling him Thanos? Because he is the, I'll do it myself guy. (laughs) He's all do it myself. And he just takes it on it and, and does it. And and I'm not going to lie. I like, I like the celebration. He hasn't done it quite a bit, but he's got his little signature, pull the arrow out of the quiver, go shoot it. Like it's kind of cool. And he did it right. end. Absolutely. And dude, he's not just, he, he sells it. He's not just saying like, I already have the arrow. So it's a bow and arrow. He's like, nah, I got to get it. Yes. He pulls (laughs) it out. That's everything, dude. Great miming. (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah, it's just, he's a, he's a fun player to watch when he is on his game. And Peter Vermees kind of talked about that for the first 10 games or so of the year. He was trying to do too much, and we all saw it. He was not playing at the designated player level that we needed him to play at yeah. because uh, Willy Agata wasn't playing up to par. He had his his leg injury. Uh, Johnny Russell was injured. Alan Polito was injured. Gotti Kinda was injured. So it was basically the Eric Tommy show. And yeah. you could see he had the skill, and he had the quality. It just he was trying to do too much, and he has now – I mean, he did the most on this play, but – by and large, he's let other players sort of play around him a little bit more and hasn't decided on every single play he needs to do it all himself. And I think yeah. that's opened it up. I was just happy we got a goal before halftime. Like, I just kept yes. thinking, I was like, dude, if we can just get one back and go in deadlocked at the half, that's mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. Um, and they so almost I mean, got a second. I mean, in the, what, I want to say it was like the 42nd minute, Daniel Shallowy put the ball in the back of the net um, after a cross. It was, it was, I think believe off of a corner set piece. He, he put the ball in the back of the net oh, and yeah. Danny uh, Rosero fucking pushed the guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's that. And shadow. was a little offside too, I believe. So but they called the foul first. They didn't they did, call offsides. Yeah. They, they called the foul. So they did VAR. They pulled it back. And so that was a little bit of a bummer, but, um, but you're right. Went into the half one, one, <laughs> 
That's my guy, dude. Danny Rosero <laughs> just goes, fuck you. <laughs> he, Danny Rosero, he, there's no in-between with him. He's no. either like world-class or, bro, what are you doing? And and it's and there's and there's not much in between. I love so, him. I love a good push. <laughs> yeah, it's he's he's wild, but uh, he's probably our best center back. So there's that. Yeah. Uh, no, not if you saw how Fontas was playing on Sunday. The man oh. went off, dude. There was a moment where he had the ball and he like kept the ball while three defenders came after him and he was dribbling away towards the sideline. And I was like, what is happening? Get rid of the ball. <laughs> it was world class defending. I was so proud to be wearing my Fontas jersey at that time. Yeah. It was so awesome, dude. Yeah. He was great. Well, he had a hell of a day. Good. Except except the yellow card in the 46th minute. I was like, oh, boy, this is going to be a long second half. <laughs> this, is, this is the start of it. Yeah. Um, well, we're going to talk about the second half here in just a second. But first, uh, we're going to take a break, and then we'll talk about the second half that sealed the game for Sporting Kansas City. So we'll be Thanks right Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. We back. Hey, you know what I did last night? What did you do? Went and saw Little Mermaid. How was it? I liked it a lot. I've heard good things. Buddy, we all have those movies as children. Mm-hmm. Disney movies that mm-hmm. we probably watched over and over. VHS and the big puffy case. Uh, my top three were always Little Mermaid, mm-hmm. Aladdin, mm-hmm. Beauty and the Beast. Okay. What do you got? I had Beauty and the Beast probably as, as one of those three. Um, but the other two that I had were The Jungle Book and uh, The Sword and the Stone. Whoa, those are up there too. Yeah. yeah. I uh, Oh, man. Dude, the uh, I played Cogsworth in Beauty and the Beast, yeah. the musical. Okay. <laughs> I was a fucking clock, bro. Just you. <laughs> <laughs> Just a unit of a clock. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. I, I need to go see it. I haven't seen it yet. Um I did stay up and watch this. I'm not going to get any spoilers, but I did stay up and watch the uh, finale of Ted Lasso last night. Okay. So a whole, a whole hour and 20 minutes of it. Huh? It was, it was a longer one because yeah. it was the, the, I mean, they call it a season finale. I think we all expect it to be the series finale. They haven't technically said 
it's over. Apple's going to be like, dollar dollar bills, y'all. Please make more stuff. I doubt Jason Sudeikis is coming back. And, and this doesn't have anything to do with what actually happens in the episode. I just based on what he as a person has said. Uh, right. I think they said it's done. He's done with the character. But I think they, they also said they've left it open for more stories to be told. If they so I I took that as I don't know, maybe they'll do some spin-offs here and there. I sure. just I think this is one of those things where I really I enjoyed the first season a lot. I thought the second season wasn't quite as good as the first season, but I still enjoyed it. I feel like I'm in the minority. I actually don't love the third season. I think it's it's missed quite a lot of opportunities and the writing hasn't been great. Um but Wow. I, Jimmy yeah. over here pomp, <laughs> pompous about the writing. I just I wanted them to spend more time going through the whole Nate and Ted relationship, like so much of the second season and then the way it ended. And it's like, Oh, Nate's actually turned into Jose Mourinho and he's now a bad guy and all this. And then they didn't really address that for a large part of the third year, the third season. I'm I'm sure Nate, I'm sure the actor who plays Nate would have liked more, more screen time as well. (laughs) I just thought there was, there was more opportunity there, but you know, it's, uh, that that's done now and uh kansas city got plenty of mentions so um was was kind of cool to see kansas city represented throughout that show with uh, jason sudeikis being from kansas city so yeah totally pretty cool um let's talk about this second half so 46 minute fonsus gets the yellow card okay well now he's got to have to play a, a little bit more careful um we know daniel shallowy's goal got called back because of the foul on danny rosero sporting kansas city continued to play on the front foot and it was in the 66th minute when Ndenbe switches the field to Graham Zusi, which first off brilliant pass from Ndenbe. Whoa, not Ndenbe. Why are you saying it's that? N- uh, no, sorry, not Ndenbe. Um, uh, Leibold. I don't know why I just defaulted to, to Ndenbe. Uh, yeah. Leibold was in there. Um, switched it to, to Graham Zusi, world-class pass to, to Graham Zusi. And then Zusi, he might be getting a little old. But no, one, stop it. One thing that he can do better than just about anybody else in the world is put a ball is, in the box. It, well, I was going to say bring a ball down from a long switch. Settle it, sure. The way he settles the ball was just a simple touch where he can get the ball right in front of him, and it bounced a little bit in this one, which is fine because it set up his pass perfectly. There are some times where you watch this fool, he brings the ball down from a 60-yard pass, and he just like, it just like stops dead in its tracks because yeah. he just knows how to settle it so simply. That's a <laughs> professional athlete for you. It's but it's it's a weird not everybody can do that. It's like mm-hmm. I don't know if he just has worked on this skill over and over, but he is, I would argue, almost world class at it. So he settles it. It I mean, he's a World one, Cup player, for God's sakes. True, true. Um, he settles it, it takes one little bounce, and then he just fires it on a line low across the box. You have runners into the box. Daniel Shallow is there and just taps it home and instantly points to Graham Zussi. And he's like, that's all you, bro. Went and hugged him right away, dude. Just insane. Freaking, oh my God, dude. Daniel was on another level, mm-hmm. you know, doing assists, mm-hmm. uh, scoring goals. Uh, yes. It's just, this was great, man. When I see Zussi in there, I know he's going to get forward and give some kind of service into the box like that. Mm-hmm. And now that we're getting runners into the box, which was not the case for like the first third of the season. Right. This is just things have changed, man. Things are right. Things are looking up. Uh, ask me how I feel about Dallas tonight. I'm not really sure, but uh, things are looking up. 
Well, and what, again, I, I've said this before, but what makes me so happy about watching this play unfold is you have Daniel who makes the run toward the the, the six-yard line, and, and he's the one who obviously taps it in. But let's say he redirects it on frame and Ivicic is able to, to get a hand to it and, and saves it, and it deflects back into the box. You have two runners trailing behind Daniel. You have Janice and Polito, who are both there about six or seven yards behind Shallowy, running into the box, who are there on either side of, of the net, prepared for a rebound. And that yeah. Sporting Kansas City had not been doing before. If they were getting a runner into the box, it was typically one, uh, and they were late. Now they are crashing the net, and that's how you get goals. Got to get those offensive boards, man. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Well, unless you're the Boston Celtics in that, that game, was it game five? Uh, no. Hey, that, that's game. all right, man. Celtics <laughs> Celtics put themselves in an awful position. Like, there was one that... game where they out-rebounded the Heat 21-1 uh, to 1 or something like that offensively, and they still lost by 20. So, oh, wow. <laughs> um, But yeah, so so Daniel Shallowy, 2-1, and at that moment, you're like, okay, I'm feeling it. I, I think that if we get one more goal... It's done. So, oh yeah, we needed one more. I, when it was like two one, I'm just like, ah, eh, this ain't enough, man. I could feel a late a late equalizer coming. We're gonna go home disappointed. Uh, we, we got we got a good stretch of home games this coming month. And mm-hmm. dude, if you can maximize those, your points there, capitalize on that shit. This could be a very formative month for this club to climb those standings. Exactly. So, sixty uh, eighth minute, just a few moments later. Um, Daniel Shallow is running down uh, the left side. He passes the ball into the box to Alan Polito. He touches it around Ivacic. Uh, Mabiala, the Portland defender, comes, and, and I'm not quite sure what he was doing. I mean, I think Polito was probably about to tap it in uh, and make it 3-1 anyway, but uh, Laris Mabiala comes in and crashes into Alan Polito, and it technically is an own goal uh, mm-hmm. that puts – Sporting Kansas City up 3-1. I feel a little bit bad for Alan Polito because he was about to get another goal on the score sheet. Did you see it, though? Like, it, it, he was going to score it. I mean, there's no doubt. Oh, yeah. He was. He was about to tap it in with his right foot, and it was gonna, yeah. I mean, it was an open net. There was there was not a chance that was not going to score. Exactly. It, it, it was unfortunate. Uh, I For one, I thought, I thought he fouled the crap out of Alan. I was like, okay, so that's a penalty. Uh, <laughs> so I was too busy watching the foul. I didn't see the ball trickle in the goal. To the net. So everyone's going nuts and I'm like, yeah, penalty, let's go. And then I see them, <laughs> I see us celebrating a goal. And I'm like, yeah. oh, what happened now? <laughs> yeah. It's I mean, uh, Mabiala did get the ball. Now you can still get the ball and commit a foul and a penalty. Getting a ball is not, you know, a get out of jail free card for for not committing a penalty. Uh he did go through Allen pretty good. Yeah. Um and and, and you can argue the way he did it was pretty dangerous, uh, but I'll take the goal over the penalty, obviously. I so. know. It sucks when you call a goal, you can't really go give a card, right? I mean, you could. Can you? Yeah. I mean, because it could it could still be a foul that led to an own goal, so he could have given a card, but mm, okay. I think at that point, the ref had just decided. I mean, it's possible. I'm watching the replay right now. If Allen's foot got caught, yeah. um, Mabiala kind of almost does like a scissor kick type deal it, that could have been a leg injury. So it, yeah, I don't like that at all. I, I, I need my guy, need my guy strong up there. If Polito got injured again, it would be a disaster, but he didn't. And, and um, it made it three, one. And that was basically the game. Um, 
now just for good measure, uh, Felipe Hernandez comes in and and this goal is just gorgeous for a couple of reasons. Roger Espinosa receives the ball in the midfield, looks up and the run that Felipe made starting almost before Roger even receives the ball. He's, he sees Roger receive the ball. Felipe is almost at the midfield line. He does. I'm watching the replay now. He starts this run before Roger receives the ball from Radoya. And he is 20 yards away, at least, from the back line. And he just takes off. The back line can't do a thing about it. A perfectly weighted pass from Roger Dude. Espinoza. Absolutely stunning. And then Felipe... He doesn't try to touch it around. He doesn't try to go the other way. He doesn't try to draw the penalty. It's just a simple little touch. Just right around Ivacic. 4-1. Game set. I nine. just want to say people are up. People were not okay with having Zussi and Espinoza on this squad. Well, they both provided assists in this game. And it's it's quality, dude. They have that quality. Uh quick side note, by the way. There's a there's a guy, and I want to say, and his wife, his partner, I don't know. Uh, they, they, I think their season tickets are mm-hmm. like two seats down from us. Mm-hmm. And I want to say his name was Sam and he introduced himself to me. Uh, he listens to the pod. He's left us a couple of reviews and shit. Okay. So shout I shout out to Sam. Shout out to Sam, man. I was just like, well, cool. You sit, you're here all the time. So kind of neat. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Just, uh, yeah, I, I do wonder what people think around me when people come talk to me and they're like, whoa, this guy. Is this guy a big deal? Yeah, man. I'm on TV, kind of. We record this on YouTube. <laughs> kind of. T- I mean, YouTube, <laughs> at this point, it's the TV for, for some. Yeah. You can put uh, YouTube on your TV. Like, that's an app. <laughs> you can, yeah. And for for the kids these days, it's uh, they watch YouTube more than TV anyway. So. Oh, really? Um, But yeah, it's, uh, it's such an interesting dynamic that Sporting Kansas City are in right now. And, um, you know, they ended 4-1. Gio Savarese, he had some interesting quotes after the game. The Portland Timbers head coach, he said, we had control of the match for the majority of the game. Get out, dude. Gio is a <laughs> clown's ass. Oh, he is okay. an ass clown. Who is this man? <laughs> what, what, where's he seeing his possession numbers? I mean, Sporting Kansas City uh, had more shots. They had more shots on target. They had more goals. They had more possession. They had better passing. More um, corner kicks. I mean, what everything, dude. It's, yeah, I mean. So you had more control for the first half. I would say that. Absolutely, for the first half, you controlled most of that half. But even still, you know, it could have been 2-1. It could have been. That, that second goal got called back. But, yeah, Sporting Kansas Man, City. Dude. Now, possession is not everything because Sporting Kansas City outpossessed St. Louis when we lost 4-0 a couple weeks ago. But, 63% to 37%, 15 shots to nine, seven on goal to three, uh, 540 passes to 328, 89% mm. passing accuracy to 81, eight corners to one. Um, and where where is he getting these stats that, the that key, he's better? The key stat of them all, four goals to one. Four goals to one. Yep. Seems like you were in real control. Does mm-hmm. Portland still have fans? Do they still have fans? Like, are they, they still uh, they boycotting? Well, their boycott has never really been a true boycott. But Okay, you know, so they kind of did, and then they're like, eh, whatever, still like this team. They're like, we're mad, but we're going to be there and spend money. <laughs> <laughs> so Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Well, they had some fans there at the game. Uh, every time we scored on them, they just stood up and held their scarves, and it was like, all right, 
that's a lot of standing because we're dropping goals on your ass. <laughs> yeah. Well, and even if you look at the expected goals and the and the expected goal, it it's a little bit of a fool's gold with this one because they barely gave uh, technically they didn't give any um, expected goal total for the Mabiala goal because it was an own goal. So if uh-huh. he hadn't gotten that, then Polito would have tapped that one in. That probably would have added another you know point three or point four xg to this total. But even in the XG, Sporting Kansas City, 1.7 to 1.2 for Portland. So they outplayed them. That It, it probably should have been over two for Sporting Kansas City. So we shouldn't goal. have had four goals. Like the, Those well, goals seemed very like good. The Eric Tommy goal had a very low XG. Oh, um, sure. And, and then um, the, the own goal didn't give any XG because it was an own goal. So Dude, uh, it, we finished it probably the would opportunities, been... though. We finished what we had. Exactly. And that's and, a first. And sometimes you, you look at XG as a sort of a, a measure of, of how a team did. But, uh, but all that is, is is expected. It's not the end-all, be-all. So if, if yeah, the XG is 1.7, but Sporting Kansas City uh, put four away. It's probably not realistic to expect that over the course of the season, you're going to be nearly doubling your XG every game, but it can be a measure in that specific game of how well did you play? How, how you know, did you overperform or were you in such good form that uh, you even outplayed expectations? And, and that's what Sporting KC did in this game. All I know is that if we ever get four goals dropped on us again, I'm going <laughs> to expect us to come out and score four goals to make up for that. Like we just, we're just over here erasing goal differential that we went down on. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's insane, dude. So, uh, just a, a couple of quick um, quotes from Peter before we we take one more break. Um, you know, he was asked about Remy and, and Johnny Russell. Um, you know, basically, he was saying that you know you have to take purposeful chances. Um, the weather w- when it gets hot. Um, you have to worry, worry about rotation. Um, you know, they maybe could have played, probably not Johnny, but Remy maybe could have played, but it just wasn't worth um, risking it at this point. And, you know, and, and he's been preaching uh, injury rehabilitation for this entire start of the year. That's been his mantra. And then when people have questioned his job security, that's when he's been like, hey, we're managing people back. Um, so it's that's sort of something that, uh, he's very cautious about, but then he was asked about um, the team's turnaround uh, so far in the month of May. And he goes, uh, the recent form has been for quite some time. As I said, we played a lot of good games in that time. We just weren't getting the result. I think the difference is the players have maintained their belief. Obviously your confidence goes away a little bit, but they keep working. They work toward it. The most important thing to understand, as I've said it a million times, is that when you have so many guys injured, it puts too much pressure on the rest of those guys to carry the team now those players are getting fitter. Uh, we've had to have patience with it. It never would have made sense to try to push guys onto the field when they weren't ready. Um, so, yeah, he's he's confident that this is closer to what the team is. So, um, I think I'd love to see it on a reg, dude. See it on the regular basis. If you look at the month of May so far, I know they have one more game tonight, but the 3-1-1 one, and one in the month of May – that's 10 points out of a possible 15. That's averaging two points per game. Um, Gotta have it. That is good enough to get this team easily into the playoffs by the end of the year if they were to keep up that form throughout the rest of the year. With home games this month, coming this coming month, you gotta do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's totally possible. It um, is. And we're, we starts tonight, man. May 31st here, going into June. 
it's not necessarily going to be easy to obviously to keep up a two point per game um, pace for the rest of the year. And there are still going to be the occasional um, games like St. Louis, hopefully few and far between, but there is a, an opportunity um, Dallas tonight on the road at Vancouver uh, on, on Saturday night. And, you know, Vancouver is um, they're okay, but, but they're not great. Um, and then home against Austin. Austin's been struggling. Home against LAFC. You just drew LAFC on the road. You should go into that game with some level of confidence. And then to finish out June, you have on the road against the LA Galaxy, who are the worst club in the league right now and just fired President Chris Klein. And then you finish out at home against Chicago. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. June is a key month to claw your way back into playoff position and, and create some separation between you and the line. Well, June is also uh, Pride Month, but we're going to celebrate it tonight, baby, because we're kicking it off early on May 31st <laughs> for the Pride match tonight. So, yeah, we take I a mean, break I mean, and talk all about it. It makes sense. But yeah, let's take a break. Uh, we'll be right back after this and we'll talk about the Dallas game. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Bro. And we are back. It's like rivers out here, man. It's raining. It's raining like crazy. It is. I looked. I don't think it's supposed to rain tonight during game Not time. Tonight. But the the field is going to be saturated as hell. We're in, uh, we're in like a river flood warning here. Uh, my backyard has like moats i don't like that <laughs> you know i don't want i don't want that moat to overflow and like start coming in the basement you know that'd be wild yeah there was a uh, one time where uh, i went down into our basement to, we have some uh, the the cat's litter boxes down there and it was the night before trash day so i'm going down there i'm gonna empty the litter box and take it i opened the door and i see the litter box just floating like a little boat <laughs> i remember through this. my basement and it took me a second because I look at it, I'm like, that's not supposed to be like that. And then and then I realized, oh, that's because there's about seven inches of water Ooh. in my basement. Now, thankfully, it's this this basement's largely unfinished. It's just concrete or whatnot. But essentially what happened is our sump pump died. And so it just started filling up through the sump pit. And yeah. uh, of course, you don't find it until like 11 o'clock at night. And then you have to get somebody out there. They get there till like two in the morning. They got their big ass truck and they're trying to pump it out. One of the damn neighbors called the police on us. Really? A policeman showed up and he's like, oh, you told me this. Neighbor said there's just a lot of noise. And I'm like, yeah, would you like to come see our basement? It's currently okay. flooded. We're trying to I pump think... the water out. 
I think you've told this story on the pod. That's ridiculous. Oh my God, I'm what so what mad. makes what makes a house have a sump pump? Because my last two houses have not had a sump pump. Uh, I think they, in my expert homeowning experience, because <laughs> um, houses in LA where I'm from do not have sump pumps. I think it's right. just um, it, it's to to get the wa- the groundwater away from the foundation, so it makes it less yeah. likely that you'll have cracks and whatnot in in the foundation. So, so do I like? Do you install one? Like what the hell? Oh no, I think it when the home is built, I think they put the sump pump. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure somebody can add a sump pump for you. Maybe. I don't know how that works, but I mean, um, I don't, I don't need one. So I don't, uh, I I don't know. Our our producer, Nick says he thinks it depends on the water table. I don't know what that means. (laughs) It's a better answer than what I had. (laughs) I I just, I, all I know, dude, is my, I, my dogs ran out today and ran straight through like like, three inches of water. Oh, they don't, they don't mind. Well, they do mind, but they were they just ran right through it. They didn't care. Because I try to let like, my ah. dog out when it rains. I open the door. She takes two steps outside, turns around, comes right back in, and yeah. is hell no. And I'm like, no, no, no. You got to go out there. Got to do something. Go go, pee, go poop in the garage, and I'll pick it up or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so tonight, Dallas is coming to town. And, you know, Dallas. I don't like this. I hate these games. I, I hate like playing it. Dallas because yeah. it, it always is just a dog fight. And Bro, it's, it's ugly games. They're the best team in Western Conference this month. They're they're in fourth place right now. Uh, they did just draw San Jose on the road. Um, they, they, they have the longest back. active unbeaten streak in our conference. They do, and it San Jose almost snapped it, but but Dallas got the equalizer in the the fourth minute of stoppage time in the second half. So and that game went for like ten or eleven minutes of stoppage time. Oof. I think they're ended what, up. What did getting... someone? That's like someone said something racist and they had to stop the game forever. I, I didn't watch the game, so I don't know exactly what happened. I just know that uh, Judson on San Jose got a red card in the 90 plus 10 minute. Oh, so, no. That's a, such a waste. Yeah, he got it was a second yellow, but a red card. So, um, waste. yeah. So now we haven't beat Dallas the last two times we've played them. It's been uh, both games were in Dallas. Uh, they were 2-1 losses uh, in October of last year and then earlier this year. Last time they played in Kansas City was May 10th of, of last year. We won 4-2. Uh, it's a pretty even series overall, 33 wins to 31 wins. Uh, SKC with a slight advantage and then 14 draws. This is just – it's one of those games where they're just a scrappy team. And it always – I mean, it was even worse when they had Michael Barrios on the team. But it, it just feels like this is always just sort of an ugly game. And We're also not the same teams as when we played them two and a half months ago. That's true. That's very true. So I think Sporting Kansas City should be going into this game with some level of confidence. You should. You just dropped four goals on a mm-hmm. Western Conference rival. Right. The question for me is, okay, with Johnny Russell injured um, and, and with another game Saturday on the road in Vancouver, so they're going to be traveling, uh, you know, that's a that's a good three, four-hour flight to, to Vancouver in the, the northwest um part of the area in Canada, obviously. I almost said Pacific Northwest. I don't know if it counts as the Pacific Northwest since it's in Canada, but who knows. Um, what sort of rotation is Peter Vermees going to implement? Because three games in seven days is quite a lot. So It is tough. It is tough. I will say Daniel Shallow, he likes to score against these guys. He does. That's a stat. He it's the opponent that he has scored the most goals against mm-hmm. uh, in his career. And 
Yeah. Dude, this this starts six home matches in five week span. Mm-hmm. So like, boom, boom, boom. It's time to capitalize, man. Put goals away in front of your fans. Because what's better than making the fans get loud right. and celebrating with everyone? Like that's such a joyous feeling. If I had to choose between this game and the and the game on Saturday against Vancouver to put a stronger lineup lineup out in one of the two games, I, I choose this, this game hands down. It's I think one. not just because Dallas is a better team. But I think from a morale standpoint, getting a solid win against a good team at home is more important than um, a road game against Vancouver. And I'm not saying that it's not important to try to go for a win, um, at least a draw, obviously, in Vancouver. But I think just, you know, and I I don't know how how much Peter Vermees does or should necessarily take this into account, but the psyche of the fan base right now, it would be better for the fans, especially if they're coming out on a Wednesday night and it's been rainy and whatnot, to see a good performance and a victory. Um, and then I think it'd be easier to, to stomach a draw or hopefully not a loss, but a, a, a not as impressive result on the road Saturday night. Dude, 100%. 100%. I feel that uh, you throw that strong lineup out on Wednesday, man. Like mm-hmm. I Maybe it'll be a lighter crowd because Wednesdays kind of usually are, mm-hmm. um, but maybe not. Because after Sunday, well, it does kind of suck the the format right now, right? Obviously, you'd rather play games Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday mm-hmm. instead of Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday. Like, you get two more days out of that little stretch, man. And it's just, right. it sucks. So, I bet they ain't training for shit. I bet they didn't train this week. Uh, probably not. I mean, they probably did some recovery. They did some team meetings, watched some film, do, maybe do some walkthroughs, some strategy sessions. Uh, but they're not going hard because that's just the load man alone is. And then the travel up to freaking Northwest Canada, you know? Yeah. Vancouver. I mean, that's, you know, they'll charter a plane and whatnot, but again, it's, it takes a toll on the body. Um, you know, especially a a, a game where you're, you're running around, you know, six miles at a time constantly, uh, to be on an airplane, um, not moving around as much you know that's why i'm thankful that they do they are able to charter flights now more because i mean it's still wild to me that it would be a professional soccer team and the women still deal with this uh but a professional soccer team you'd be getting on your southwest flight and you're like oh there's alan Polito, there's matt beasler he's b17 waiting to get on the plane just like me so strange and uh yeah this i mean the NWSL team still have to deal with it. When I was flying back from Orlando earlier this year, I was on the flight with the Orlando pride. Oh, cause they were playing here in town. They were playing here. And I just, I remember being like, this is so strange. Like these owners could, could pay for charters if they were allowed to, they're not even allowed to by CBA. So, well, uh, dude, I don't this, know. this game Wednesday though, I'm, I'm kind of excited. I've never cheered for this kind of excited that Paul Ariola is injured. <laughs> He's yeah. good, man. He provides he great passing and service to everyone. So mm-hmm. to take that maestro off mm-hmm. the field is very exciting to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Dallas, it, it's a good team. So it will be interesting. Uh, you know, Remy Voltaire, questionable tonight. Um, Johnny Russell, questionable, but probably not playing. So um, uh is is out, right? Mm-hmm. So Sebastian Legette out like these are big names. These that are names. would have that would absolutely help them. Absolutely. So this is, again, another key opportunity for Sporting Kansas City to get some points, work their way back. I mean, if you look at the standings right now, 
we are above two teams now in the Western Conference. Uh, they are above Colorado and they're above the LA Galaxy. We're now four points yes. clear of the bottom, which is which is crazy. Uh, once again, <laughs> we're three points off the playoff line, um, three points behind Portland, Austin, and Salt Lake. So we just took three mm. points off of Portland. That's playoff, huge. playoff, playoff line. It's the playoff before no. the playoff. That's true. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just, yeah. Uh, we just took three points off of Portland. That's huge. We have Austin coming up. That's huge. Got um, them twice in two months. The, yeah, twice in two months. So it's this is um, this is a big time game tonight. It's this is this is huge for for Sporting Kansas City to work their way potentially back into um, that that this, playoff conversation. Austin the month. Austin is at home tonight uh, against uh, Minnesota. Um, who else did I say were Austin, Salt Lake, and Portland? Is Salt Lake on tonight? I don't see Salt Salt Lake is at uh, well, Salt Lake's at home against uh, the LA Galaxy, so nobody wants to watch that game. And I don't think Portland plays tonight, so I uh, can't yeah. make up. Uh, Port, you know, we can catch Portland with a win tonight, but but Portland can't make up any ground on us. So I uh, mean, we play at nine o'clock on Saturday, nine thirty, nine thirty. Yeah, okay, because it's Pacific time. Interesting. Oh, so. I was looking at SKC two plays in Vancouver on Friday at uh, nine. There we go. Yeah, nine thirty kick on Saturday. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, so technically, if the Galaxy and Minnesota can beat Salt Lake and Austin, those are, <laughs> you know, good luck with the Galaxy. Uh, we could pull level with the playoff line, the playoff playoff line, as you say, the playoff to the playoffs. So this is huge. But this is a big deal, man. This 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 is the beginning right now. Sunday kicked it off mm-hmm. in a f- spectacular fashion. Mm-hmm. Now you need to freaking sweep June. You go through them like gangbusters, dude. Mm-hmm. And you just you stay healthy. You play smart. And God dang, get Johnny Russell back in there because he's he's a different beast, man, than everyone else on there. Yet with subs, we scored four goals. So what the hell do we know? Who knows? Okay. <laughs> This is why I say don't bet on MLS. It's unbelievable. No. It's unbelievable. Uh, so you got that no other pod polo on, by the way. It's I looking do. good. Look at that. It's got the what is it? KCSN right there. Yeah, so. it's very it's very tight on the arms. Is it tight on your arms? It is a little tight on the arms. Well, look, we can't all have the arms that you do. Look, it's snug. <laughs> right, by the way, it's snug. I wear it to the office, and the old women they get excited. I don't know. <laughs> you think I'm kidding? Uh, no, I know you're not kidding. <laughs> uh, I heard the story. Um, <laughs> Before we sign off, I do want to just read real quick um, this email from Scott Herndon. Um, I think it's an interesting one to consider. It's not specifically about Sporting Kansas City. We did get this um, on on May 26th, so this was uh, last week. Um, He says, love the pods. Appreciate your thoughts and analysis of the clubs. I'm not going to read verbatim what's coming next because it's a little long, but he goes, referees. We've seen some bizarre calls and no calls throughout the years, but it seems like things are trending worse instead of better. They have a tough, thankless job, and I try to give the benefit of the doubt as much as possible, but it's hard to understand what they see sometimes. It seems like there is no information given from pro or other referee organizations on ideas they have to improve the level of referees in the leagues. VAR was brought in that has had varying effectiveness. Nothing else, at least that I've heard of, has even been proposed. Have you heard of ideas being brought forward? And then he goes on to say that there could be more training, organizations like FIFA, um, could could have uh, more clarity on some of the rules, 
calls should be clarified better by pro after the matches. He even says, should there be more referees on the pitch? He knows that would be more obstacles, but he says the NFL has seven per 22 players. The NBA has three per 10. Baseball has four umps per um, 10 players on the field at any given time. You know, the nine players plus the batter. Um, So he just says, curious what your thoughts are. Um, We often say how bad it is, but rarely do we hear people putting forward any solutions. Look, I've always thought it'd be kind of neat. I don't know if there's some kind of like legacy thing where it has to be one referee who has all the control in the world. I I would love it if they could find a way to have two on the field because your line judges, dude, what the guys with the flags, all they're doing is symbolizing here comes your subs and (laughs) offsides here. I was watching one thing for the entire time. Maybe they'll call a foul if it's in their 10 yard radius, but like, other than that, man, if you could have two guys, one works one end, one works the other, similar to basketball, ball yeah. goes down, other guy goes to baseline, other guy goes to midfield. I don't know how that works. I don't know if that's too much congestion, but it sounds neat. It, yeah, it could. It, that, that, I guess that's the fear is the congestion because how many times do you see now even when there's Rest just one referee the on the field and they get in the way? Now, you could argue that you might actually be able to mitigate that a little bit more because if there's – you know, one ref for each half that they're responsible for. The ref has to do less running back and forth in between lanes. So maybe that, yeah. that eliminates it a little bit. Uh, soccer, I feel like, is more of an objective game to call. Mm-hmm. Um, now, then you think about, like, football and pass interference calls or whatnot, and we're all arguing every Sunday about, was that actually pass interference or not? It's, it's sure. pretty uh, – um, I, I said objective. I meant subjective. Uh, it's a pretty subjective thing. Um, so that could add a, additional confusion if we're already um, upset about consistency in calls. Now you add two people instead of one, it could create some some more inconsistency. Um, but one thing that you could do, I mean, they just implemented VAR and there are people watching. One thing that I appreciate that the NFL has done <clears throat> that I think has cut down on challenges and reviews or whatnot is they, they have like, I forget what they call it, like the sky judge or whatnot, where you'll see they'll throw a flag and um, then they'll come together and they'll have discussion. And then after, you know, a minute or two, they'll be like, after discussion, it was determined that there was no foul on the play or whatever. Um, and more often than not, it's a referee in New York watching on uh, the feed where they mm-hmm. can see, is that, a, is that a foul, a penalty or not? And they'll radio into the referee. They're like, hey, no overturn it yeah and, and and that way it it makes calls more accurate it keeps the game moving faster and it doesn't um force coaches to use coaches challenges in in places where they obviously shouldn't be needed so and that, you could fine. do that with soccer i guess i mean it's hard um it's gonna slow it down man it, it the, what i was gonna say the the hard thing again about soccer is there's no stoppage in play yeah so if the head ref decides no no foul and waves it off you can't really have a sky judge kind of, actually sorry that was a foul and then a few seconds later like blow the whistle actually never mind i know i made a whole big show of saying no but i was wrong yeah so it, it, and then it, yeah it turns over your credibility i when i umpired baseball parents would always like argue with me and i'm like i would just i was a high school kid and i would look in these parents faces and i would say why are you arguing with me? I'm not going to overturn my call because right. you're yelling at me. 
Like I'm I have a child. To stick with, yeah, <laughs> I'm 16 years old. I have to stick with my call. Right. I'm just hoping that the catcher catches the ball so I don't get hit. That's because <laughs> that happens. Concern. Just catch the fucking ball. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> dude, but you're right about the fouls and maybe being a fast game because sporting took advantage of this a lot on Sunday when fouls were called, boom, they were off and running already. I loved yeah. it. Yeah. So I don't know. I think the biggest thing they could do is just be more transparent with disciplinary action for referees after I know that can, there's bar- collective bargaining agreements and such with the referees union or whatnot, but Chris Penso had a terrible game sporting KC uh, down in, uh, against St. Louis and then mysteriously didn't have an assignment the next week. We'll never know if that was some sort of reprimand for having such a shitty game against St. Louis, but it very well may have been. And, and we between just the lines, know. right? Right. And, or even the, um, the pool reporters who get to ask questions of the refs after the game, you know, the refs just simply do not want to give any information away. And it's like, what, you know, the question might be, what did you see on the foul? I'm just going to make something up. What did you see on the foul um, from Roger Espinoza in, in the 57th minute that led you to, to issue a red card? Oh, well, I saw that Roger Espinoza fouled him in the 57th minute and it was worthy of a red card. Yeah, that's it. Okay, thank you. Why are we asking them anything? <laughs> Why are we even giving them a chance to be on the record? Because you're not going to get shit. Right. So it's, it's it's embarrassing. There's no transparency there. They're giving these pool reporters the idea, the, the, the freaking glamour that, hey, these refs will talk to you afterwards. No, they won't. Right. They will say obvious shit. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the NBA does the two-minute report where they say, yeah, these calls were right, these were wrong, and sometimes that just makes people more mad because they're like, yeah, I knew it was wrong. We knew it at the time, and it cost us the game. But That's cool, though. I mean, that's at least fine. it's accountability. But these soccer refs, man, they're just like, I deemed there was a foul. <laughs> so, but yeah, man, I think that's, uh, that's about all we got for this week. It's just going to be a huge, it, huge yeah. game for, for Sporting Kansas City tonight. We didn't get into Vancouver uh, too much. I, I hope, dude, this could be a six-point week. Uh, throw in be. Sunday, it could be a nine-point week. Could I be mean, it's uh, we'll see what happens, man. I'm I'm excited. You going out there tonight? I'll be there. Yes, I will be there too. Make sure to wave at me. I will. You gonna be wearing <laughs> your pink headband? Oh, I don't know. It's probably not hot enough for that. <laughs> Well, uh, I'll be out there. Um, Looking forward to a Sporting KC win, hopefully. We'll be back next week with a victory pod if they can pull this out tonight or Saturday against Vancouver. But yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, We appreciate you sticking with us. Thank you for the emails, for the reviews, for the comments of the game. We appreciate it. Make sure you follow us here uh, on Twitter and Instagram, at NoOtherPod, at DanCouser, at JCMac03. Check us out on YouTube, KCSN Soccer. Check out that KCSN app. And leave that five-star rating and review. Or be like Scott. Shoot us an email. Nootherpod at gmail.com. But until next time, he's Dan. I'm Jimmy. We'll catch y'all later. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.